this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and also healingsuicide.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, an energy worker, a channel, and a medium. And I uh, offer lots of different kinds of tools to help you along your journey, wherever you may be. Different kinds of readings, including Soul's Journey Soundbites, energetically programmed crystals, courses, books, all kinds of things at tdjacobs.com. Now, this MP3 is a bit of an asteroid and centaur check-in. Um, for a while, a couple, several, three, four years ago, I did a, a blog post on an almost weekly basis for, I don't know, several months, called the Asteroid Centaur Report. And I just kind of explained what's going on with the asteroids I work with as a transit in the sky and also the centaurs, obviously. And there is an Asteroid and Centaur video course that I taught a while ago, and it covers 11 archetypes, how to use, how I understand these different archetypes and how to use them in charts and what it means when this is in that sign, whatever, including uh, Chiron and Nessus and uh, Lilith, uh, the asteroid Lilith and uh, uh, Persephone, the main asteroid goddesses. So that's available on the Learn Astrology page at tdjacobs.com. So I wanted to do this check-in because... Um, after not doing a lot of audio here on SoundCloud for uh, quite a while, just because of my to-do list and all the priorities and all kinds of things, I um, did two this week. Um, on uh, One was a uh, profile of Brett Kavanaugh, uh, and the other one was a, a broader context of some stuff coming up with um, anyway, so so anyway, those two those two MP3s I feel like are, are really important for helping put some words to things and the collective opportunity we're experiencing beyond the profile of this one particular person. But um, now, as so I'm sitting here reading um, this uh, news article about all these, I don't know, uh, law professors who were writing in and saying you know, writing to the Senate and collecting signatures and saying, you know, this the temperament of this guy like can't be on the nation's highest court, etc. Uh, and, you know, just reading that, I was like, yeah, what is going on transit-wise with the asteroid Lilith? Uh, because it came up really strongly in the in the profile piece I did on him this week. He has, he has it in, in uh, uh, Pisces conjunct Chiron opposing his Pluto and Virgo. And of course, it is, you know, Neptune is opposing his Pluto, so there's this whole story up. But in Virgo, on his Pluto, is the asteroid Lilith. So he's having an asteroid Lilith opposition. Anyway, go listen to that MP3. But then I thought, well, I just wanted to look at these other things, because um, these other asteroids and centaurs, because they're these little bodies... You know, they're not the major planets. They represent different vocabulary words for understanding the psyche. And this is how I think of it. And even I was listening to the radio today on NPR, um, and there was an astronomer who was talking about, well, well, I guess, you know, how many bodies in the solar system are enough? I guess we're not there yet because here we're talking about this new one that's discovered, but it has like a 40,000-year orbit or something. And it's called, my God, what was it called? Goblin. <laughs> anyway, I got to look that up. But anyway, um, when is it enough? Well, you know, just when you're getting answers to different questions, then, you know, you can use more different, you can use more and varied vocabulary words. Um, so for me, in an important way, you know, Pallas Athene and Ceres are just as important as Saturn or Mars or the Moon. 
in, in a very important way in the way that I do uh, analysis and the way I understand a human as a collection of archetypal urges, you know. So anyway, so um, I consider these very important, and um, so I just wanted to do a check-in. So in Virgo is the asteroid Lilith, and it's actually conjunct Pallas Athene. So um, Pallas Athene is about taking a stand for something. And the asteroid Lilith is about social justice, really working on behalf of underdog populations or disenfranchised, marginalized groups, people who fall out of the safety net of the bell curve, uh, fringe people who are somehow underdogs or you know, underserved populations is the, the, the phrase I'm trying to remember, but I keep forgetting until I go through all these keywords. So that's in uh, Virgo opposing, and they're both opposing Neptune. If we use a, an orb of five degrees, which is pretty standard for me, talking about planetary transits, like if we're talking about your natal chart, I'd probably use five degrees in your natal, you know, with transits. Your natal chart placements, I use eight degrees. But anyway, um, so they're both opposing Neptune. So there's this revelation of truth regarding a couple things. <laughs> and the asteroid Lilith, like I said, like underdog or underserved populations. And in that, you can think of the asteroid Lilith as, you know, groups of people who are pushed to the side or not listened to, whose voices become lost. Pallas Athene has a couple of different themes. One of them is loyalty, and that can come out as... Um, the best and worst of the daddy's little girl archetype or mommy's little boy archetype, uh, and also standing up for a cause, the wise warrior energy. And so in Virgo, the need for healing opposed by Neptune and Pisces, this pervasive, uh, widespread, you know, thousands of years worth of power over power under dynamics and manipulation and being used regarding sexuality and sexual violence. So there's something here going on <clears throat> about revealing the truth. Oppositions always reveal things. So people are, and this is why after I did the Kavanaugh MP3, the next day I did a different MP3, which was on this broader context of the Me Too movement and stuff. Anyway, go listen to those. But revelation of something is what happens during an opposition. And and some people say, hey, this is what's happening. And these other people say, actually, no, this is what's happening. What do you have to say to that? We've seen so many examples of that this week. But this thing about Asteroid Lilith and Pallas Athene, people seeming, well, this is kind of weird to say, seeming to come out of the woodwork, like a lot of people are finding their voice women and men, old, young, middle-aged, you know, people are finding their voice. And here's this, this palace Athene in Virgo. I'm, I'm choosing Virgo to take a stand for this. I am going to find my wise warrior energy. And again, that's not the um, impulsive, hot-headed warrior energy of Mars energy. It's the considered, reasoned, wisdom of having weight options and picking a stance. That is Pallas Athene. What am I going to fight for? And it's not that belligerence that we see with Kavanaugh, that accusatory, confrontational, obnoxious thing. That's Mars. He has Mars score the notes. 
and also Pluto scored the notes, both retrograde and Virgo. You'll hear in the first MP3. Anyway, Pallas Athene taking a stand for something that matters to you, taking up a cause. And in this, and as I'll talk about some other things going on here with with the asteroid transits, uh, just understand that um, that this is a this is more of an important moment, frankly, for the collective than we've had up to this point in this whole Me Too thing after you know last year late-ish 2017 with the Weinstein stuff that comes up and those accusations that kind of started this domino effect. This moment right now, late September, early October, and now continuing, because it's not over next week, it's not complete, because people need to find their voice. So Pallas Athene, taking a stand for something, taking a stand for healing, for paying attention to the details with Asteroid Lilith, not losing the voice, not like basically saying, I will not be disenfranchised because of what power looks like to certain people, meaning I'm finding my power to speak. So this is really important. So there's that. Um, oh yeah, I just drew a chart up, by the way. Today is uh, October 2nd, 2018. I just drew up a chart for 9.39 p.m. Pacific time, and, and I'm in Tucson, Arizona, so I did this chart, but I didn't, uh, I'm not going to use the houses at all. Anyway, so that's what's going on. So that's the chart I'm looking at right now. Okay, so that's the Neptune path. Whenever you have an opposition to Neptune, you might feel like you're up against something much bigger than you that you can't handle. You might find that you're up against something impossible, that it may seem sometimes like you're going to go crazy because you're trying all these different things to get progress and it just seems not to work. Like you're, you're bouncing off something when you're trying to like push against it and you're actually like it's somehow weirdly repelling you and eventually you feel like you're inside a rubber room in an asylum or something. That's the effect sometimes when Neptune opposes you. But here we have, you know, the wisdom of Pallas Athene and the like sharp social critic eye of the asteroid Lilith uh, opposing the Neptune. So even if, you know, Senate Republicans insist on pushing Kavanaugh's nomination through, no matter what the FBI finds, which there's a portion of them that want to do that. There's a, a large portion of them. Um, to be blind to what's really happening to further their political agenda because they don't care about what's true and what's, you know, they have no integrity and they have no honor. Um, if they insist on that, it will, you know, the reflection from Neptune says, but it's going to come back and get you. So if in Virgo you are committed to what your brain and only your brain says is true, you're using your analytical ability to filter out what's true, you're, you're, you're being opposed by Neptune and Pisces right now, and it's going to come back and it's going to destroy you. So politically, they will have a, a number of problems and issues if they do push this through. Okay, and then the next thing that I notice um, is, uh, of course, that the Chiron has been in Aries and it's been retrograding. And um, it's retrograded just a few days ago to Pisces. So we have this, like, it, the, the individual point, and I talked about this in one of those MP3s, the individual pointed wounding, somehow, when it's in Aries, somehow when it gets into Pisces, becomes obviously a portion of the collective 
situation, the collective issue. So there's another layer of this where, you know, our collective heart, those of us who are open, those of us who are on the frequency of not blocking out the truth of what real people, a huge percentage of the population have actually in truth experienced, anybody who's open like that is going to feel more in tune with the collective frequency. So that's happening. And that squares the Saturn and Capricorn, which is recently direct, but right now still pretty slow moving. Right around the stations, it you know it's pretty slow. It seems to stop, right, and change direction. It seems to stop. Well, that is conjunct Vesta. So here, Vesta is about all or nothing. Saturn and Capricorn may want to defend the status quo, and again, all or nothing. This is Mitch McConnell trying to push through this uh, Senate vote on Kavanaugh. Uh, but square Chiron now in Pisces, and there's, you know, the wounding of the collective, the reality of what people actually experience uh, is squaring that. So here's some of this tension that's going on uh, right now with this. And that Chiron is, um, right now it's a little wide, but around the uh, time of the Aries full moon, which was at two Aries, so whatever, that was eight or ten days ago, I don't do math anymore, um, that near that new moon was the asteroid Lucifer, which is asteroid uh, 1930. By the way, um, asteroid Lilith is 1181. Okay. Uh, Asteroid Lucifer is about overcoming doubt that you should invest in yourself in order to be able to be able to bring light. If you think investing in yourself is selfish, then you bought into the patriarchal mindset that says, just do what we tell you. You can't think for yourself. Don't act like you know what's best for you or right or true for you. So that was conjunct Chiron and that Aries new moon together at two degrees. So two degrees Aries, um, I think on the September 24th, I think. So now the Lucifer is in Aries retrograding, and uh, it's really important to catch yourself when you refuse to essentially put yourself first because you are afraid, you're afraid that others will call you arrogant or you'll be selfish or self-centered or arrogant. So... Uh, Lucifer and Aries is, is there, and that square, the Vesta Saturn, So, which are now, of course, direct. So will you trust what the culture shapers or the authority figures tell you is good for you and right for you? Or will you insist that you must find your own truth and develop the courage to tell it? That's what Lucifer retrograding in Aries is. Can I be bold? Can I be forthright? And this is there's conflict here with the... Uh, with the Saturn uh, Vesta in, uh, Saturn Vesta in Capricorn. Like I said, Vesta is about being all or nothing. You would never do it halfway. Uh, one, the first keyword I often use uh, is devotion. She's the hearth goddess, and you never want to do it halfway. So if you feel empowered, if you feel that what you're working toward matters to you, and you give yourself the credit, you know that what matters to you matters, then you become that Saturn working toward a new status quo, working to change a system, right? So there's a tension in here. Is it selfish to have a unique individual voice that goes against what people who seem to be in charge would like the status quo to remain? Is it selfish to have your own unique voice? When you find that courage, then you, then you have light. That's what's going on with this Lucifer asteroid right now.
Okay, um, let me just look around. Yeah, the other thing that, that caught my eye was uh, as Venus now is preparing to station, uh, you know, right around 11 degrees Scorpio, asteroid Persephone is conjuncted. As of this recording, Venus is at 1043 Scorpio, and Persephone is at 823. So that's at 2 degrees and 20 minutes. Um, Persephone, so Venus is, you know, our, our value system and how we're relating with each other. Well, of course, it's in Scorpio. It's going to station in Scorpio. We're going to have that retrograde in Scorpio, you know, starting in Scorpio. So we have this at least starting. I can't remember the dates on if it dips into Libra or not. But, but what we have here is the need to tell the truth. You know, Venus, of course, after Jupiter has been in Scorpio for, I believe, almost a year, now Venus is there and it's going to station and do, you know, a good part of its retro there at least, and so the need to tell the truth and to air things is incredibly important. Obviously, I'm framing this in terms of all this stuff going on. I'm not giving you a broad interpretation. I'm just framing it in terms of some of these these uh, archetypes that we associate with goddesses that sometimes get left out. Um, and I want you to understand this moment that we're in as part of this, you know, uh, an opportunity for an evolution of, again, disenfranchised voices. Okay, so Persephone is the need to abduct yourself into a better reality, but it may be part of you who feels naive. The way I like to say it, I try to be respectful to people because I obviously work with adults in my readings and teaching, but Persephone is a part of you that is always about 12 years old and maybe clever but doesn't have wisdom or doesn't have a lot of experience, maybe green, or like I said, naive. And uh, that person within you, that part of you, may not know how to get to a better place. And so, essentially, that part needs to learn how to grow up, sometimes overnight. Sometimes we get abducted into new surroundings and new scenarios and relationships, and that's, of course, a fear we have about literal abduction. But with, because in her story, she's abducted by Hades, but, um, and made his wife, and we are taught that this is a terrible thing, when in fact she's actually ushered into an adulthood, she's graduated into adulthood, she's initiated, um, and she wouldn't have been under the smothering influence of her mother, which is what she left when she was abducted. So it's all the kind of mixed story of trying to figure out, you know, you know, there's some, somebody in your life has shown you something where five or ten years later you said, you know what, that was shocking and, and painful, but I, I get it. I needed to grow up, and I needed to know that. That's a Persephone thing. So here we have Venus and Scorpio following on the heels, right, of Jupiter and Scorpio for about a year. And the need to tell the truth, but also the need to learn that all things can be healed. And in Scorpio planets, pain leads to anger, resentment, bitterness, sometimes, you know, destructiveness. And so Persephone here, from, for, you know, my two cents, Persephone here says, you can actually heal anything, but you have to abduct yourself into being willing to feel the terrible thing to move beyond it, to own it, to own the shadow. Somebody has hurt you. Think about the people who are coming forward and saying, yes, I, I was also hurt when I was you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, whatever. And uh, again, women and men of all different ages, right? Uh, it's, a, it's an extremely widespread thing. 
we need to abduct ourselves now into witnessing for you know witnessing our own pain and checking where that becomes anger and destructiveness of self or other and so persephone here with venus as venus is really slow putting a extreme emphasis on the opportunity to be initiated into new levels of knowing that we're stronger than the pain that we've experienced and the difficult things that have come from that pain, including anger that may have occupied us for a very long time. Okay, now the Venus is trying Neptune, so we're having a lot of stuff about connection to the collective and how individual stuff becomes collective imprints and how collective the collective fog is felt and breathed in by the individual. There's a, there's a feedback here happening, a pipeline back and forth. Now let's talk also about Nessus and the true black moon Lilith, because Nessus is uh, out of orb of that Neptune, but it is within five degrees of trining uh, Persephone, Venus, and Scorpio. Now Nessus is about living in two worlds. That's my key phrase here. And uh, the idea is that we're animals, we have urges, we have desires, we have like, you know, instinctive urges, right? But we also live in polite society together, and we know that many things are inappropriate, right? Many things that primal side of us might approach or might want to express are just simply inappropriate. And Nessus has a lot to do with, um, in many people, trying to bottle things up and then losing control. Well, that's that's actually tra transiting right now with the True Black Moon Lilith as of this recording. The True Black Nessus moves pretty slowly. But the True Black Moon Lilith moves pretty quickly, but as of this moment, it's there at one Pisces retrograde. It's going to dip back into Aquarius soon, but um, it's another marker of instinct and the need to not suppress instinct, but to learn to ground it. I'd say Nessus and Lilith share this in common. The True Black Moon Lilith, uh, which if you're making your own chart on astro.com is H13 in the Asteroids and Extra Bodies section on the Extended Charts Selection page. True Black Moon Lilith and Nessus together, you know, we need to surrender in Pisces to the reality that, yeah, it is hard to deny instinct and it messes a person up. And that is trying Venus, Persephone, and Scorpio. I'll offer you this image of truth and reconciliation, airing all of the dirty laundry, airing all the pain and the victimization, airing it all and getting to the place where you can own that what you've experienced is a co-creation and that part of you is so hurt sometimes through some dynamics and some experiences that that person wants to blame and may get stuck in blaming for a long time, if not forever. Think of truth and reconciliation with these two markers of instinct, retrograde and Pisces. This is just an acknowledgement of the higher level truth with it, with them retrograde. Yeah, let's just let the truth be what it is. Let's stop fighting that truth. Trying the Venus as it slows down. I have to get to the bottom of this scorpionic pain, conjunct Persephone. I need to abduct myself into more mature ways to deal with things, to confront shadow parts of me. I've, I've, some, sometimes people with strong Scorpio signatures feel vengeful or vindictive. And, and the reason, you know, seething, bitter, resentful, the reason that happens is because of pain. That's why the scorpion emotionally in humans stings. Because it hurts so much, they don't know what to do. So you lash out.
Okay, so that's that. Let me just look around. Yeah, let me just look around. I think this is one other thing I'm supposed to. Oh yeah, series. One more. I'm not doing everything I cover, uh, but we'll do series here and we'll end it there. Um, series actually just transiting series just crossed into my ascendant uh, over my ascendant today, and I my card of the day, my uh, tarot card of the day was the Queen of Pentacles, and wow. Was I was I series slash the Queen of Pentacles today? Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, okay, so series is about protection and nurturing and taking someone under your wing when when that person is uh, you know needing to grow up or is injured or sick or something like that. And one of the major things about series is to not identify as the care you give somebody or the protection you offer or even what you provide. Ceres is the harvest goddess and she is very important to the to general populace in Rome because she's the grain goddess, right? She's all about the harvest and that's how people get fed. So um, she's the most important deity to the general populace. And I think that as of 2006, when Pluto was demoted from planet to dwarf planet by the uh, International Astronomical Union, and then uh, at the same time, Ceres was promoted from asteroid to dwarf planet, I've said many times, many places, that the emphasis I, I believe on that is less about that we should take Pluto less seriously, because of course I'm an evolutionary astrology practitioner and practitioner, and there's no way I'm going to take Pluto less seriously. <laughs> um, but it's more about my 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 feeling. It's more about Ceres needing more attention, right? Um, I think I saw a headline even recently that some astronomers were reevaluating this thing about Pluto not being a planet. So, you know, it, it's more about Ceres' promotion from asteroid to dwarf planet. So more attention on Ceres. Um, healing, nurturing, parenting. Like I said, defining yourself as the person who provides someone else. In that Proserpine Ceres or Persephone Demeter story, those are the uh, Roman and Greek names respectively, where it's a daughter and mother. Ceres is the mother, Demeter is the mother. Uh, in that story, after Hades, who was also Pluto, um, abducts the 12-year-old, right, or the young, the teenager, right, the, the Persephone Proserpine, um, Ceres loses her grip. She, she identifies as the one who takes care of the daughter. So inherent in the series archetype is, uh, or the archetypal story is, learning to let go of somebody who grows up or who heals. So series right now is in Libra, and it's with Sun in Libra for, for I think almost three weeks during the time of Libra. I spelled it out all for my monthly subscribers um, when the Sun entered Libra. Uh, which is a, my forecasting service. I don't do a lot of MP3s like this on current events and transits because, um, you know, current events in the sky because I save it for my subscribers because uh, it's a lot of work. But anyway, um, you can check that out through my site, tdjacobs.com, if you want to become a subscriber. You get, like, all the nuggets of everything that I think about for the whole month, every month. So series in Libra... You want to help others, right? The sun is with it, so it's an obvious, like the giant flashlight in the sky, which is how I think of the sun, putting attention on something. So how you care for others, how you care for yourself. Do you care for others more than yourself? Do you put others first? Do you wear yourself down 
Do you even know what you need? Do you then, you know, get off, so to speak, on what you do for others and how they value you? Do you give because you want to be liked in Libra? Or do you give because it's necessary and it's important to you? You know, sorting through all these questions is important for series uh, stories uh, right now. And soon, series uh, will uh, square Pluto in Capricorn, which has just turned around a couple days ago. Now it is direct, but it's very slow. And so there's going to be some hints of memories of, or hints right now, of power struggles regarding uh, what one gets for the love they offer, or what they offer that seems loving. So what do you get in, res in return for all the time and energy you invest in caring for someone? Or what do you give in return when somebody invests so much time and energy for you? Just be aware that's going to be a little hint in the air. Um, if we use it over five degrees, it's just a couple of days now, early October, until that, that, that starts to, uh, to work itself up. Okay, so that is uh, it for this. I wanted to keep it to half an hour. looks like I did it. Um, Check out the Asteroid and Centaur video class at tdjacobs.com and also my monthly subscription service, my forecasting work. All right. Um, take care of yourself. Bye-bye.